Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. You've heard the rumors before, perhaps some whispers written between the lines of the textbooks. Conspiracies, paranormal events, all those things that disappear from the official explanations. Tune in and learn more of the stuff they don't want you to know in this video podcast from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs> Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. You think uh, people can identify our voices pretty easily? Uh, well, I would imagine so. We don't sound exactly alike or anything at all alike, really. I know, but I mean, do you think people could listen to us? People who have listened to the podcast before and say, I know. That's Jonathan, and that's Chris. Possibly, although I have heard at least one person claim after we did a phone interview that I was the only person who sounded the way I did on the podcast. Okay, but you, you know were, it makes you look taller. You were sitting further. <laughs> you were sitting further away from the phone, and it was on speakerphone at the time, so that may have played a part. But um, what we're getting to here is kind of working our way slowly around to the topic we're gonna discuss today, but uh, that actually comes courtesy of a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from Mason in Iowa, and he says, hey there, love the podcast. How about an episode on how Shazam and Madomi work? How does the program uh, segment compare against a database and return results so darn quickly, especially when I'm the one doing the singing in Madomi's case? Well, Mason, uh, first of all, I should, I should point out, I would be remiss if I did not point out that we have a sister podcast called Stuff from the B-Side. And they actually did an episode about, uh, this kind of software. However, we're gonna tackle it ourselves because, uh, we actually tend to cover the same topics. Uh, now and then we've, we've done, both done the electric guitar, so. That's true. I see no reason for us not to, uh, tackle this one. Sure. And there's, uh, you know, we can, Add a little stuff that they didn't add. Sure. Yeah. Like puns. That and some updates about what's going on. Oh, oh, yeah. We could do that too. So um, let's, uh, how about, which one do you want to start with? Shazam or Madomi? Uh, well, Shazam's been around longer. That's true. Shazam's been around since, uh, the early 2000s. Like 2002 yeah. was when it first, uh, the company first started. In 2003 was really when it, the service started to get some attention. Yeah. Actually, I had it down as, uh, Shazam starting in 2000. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, I stand corrected. Yeah. The, um, the earliest version of Shazam was, uh, an interesting version. You would, you would hold your cell phone up to the source of music and you would, uh, uh, send that to the, the Shazam service and you would get a text message back identifying the song. And I can see why this could be considered like some sort of weird magic. I mean, how could, a service figure that out so quickly because it was usually just a, a matter of a few seconds between when you sent the 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 music and when uh, or when you you know held the phone up to the music source and when you got the reply. Oh oh oh, it's magic. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, it, you have to believe we are magic. We can do this. I, all day, you know, I, all day I too. appreciate that you threw in the Xanity reference. You're well, yeah, you're welcome. I was gonna go with loving spoonful, but even. 
I think Xanadu, we already lost everybody. Loving Spoonful, I don't, there's probably three of you out there who even know who that is. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And it's, um, stuff like this and, and voice recognition. I, I think it's one of those things that just sort of surprises people yeah, because you don't, you don't think that the computer has enough, I don't know, intelligence yeah, or, to oof, figure it out. Yeah. You so, go, wait, wait a minute. That's a machine. How did the machine figure out what I was doing there? Let's talk about how Shazam does this. Now, what Shazam does is it, it breaks down any recording into um, just some very simple data. They call it fingerprinting. They fingerprint songs. And Book if you piano. were to if you were to try and if you were to try and and chart out a song from start to finish with all the different uh, elements that go into that, like you know, you're you're essentially assigning data points to every single frequency in that song, you would end up with a a fairly substantial amount of data. Yeah, and, and Shazam has something like 1.7, 1.8 million songs in the database. Probably even more than that now, because yeah, as, I, as I recall, that, yeah, that was the most recent data I saw too, but I think that data was a few a months old. Of, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So what Shazam does is they take the peaks and the troughs, the highest points in the frequency and the lowest points in the frequency to map out patterns. And they fingerprint songs in that way. So they're cutting out a lot of the information in the middle. And uh, that actually saves lots of space. It also saves time when you're trying to match one song or, or one clip to a database full of songs. Mm-hmm. So when you hold your phone up uh, to a set of speakers or uh, you know whatever, whatever's making the music, um, it starts to uh, – it sends that clip to the Shazam service, which then immediately uh, analyzes it and looks at those peaks and troughs and tries to find a match in the database. Now – the reason why it's so fast is it Shazam keeps all of this in the computer's memory. Mm-hmm. It's not stored on a hard drive. The the database doesn't have to, you know, the processor doesn't have to search the hard drive to find a match. Everything's in memory, which means they have to have lots and lots of machines to uh to be able to hold all those songs within computer memory. Uh-huh. Or at least yeah. the fingerprints of those songs. Absolutely. And so once it finds a match, it then sends that data back to you. And usually it's, it's fairly accurate. It's especially accurate for more modern music, the stuff that's been out for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, if you start going back further, you may start encountering songs that just are not in the database. And mm-hmm. so you won't get a, a legitimate match. And there are cases where if you have a song that is very similar to another song, it may come back with an incorrect match, but that doesn't happen that often. I suppose if you were to, you know, try and, identify a Creed or Nickelback song, it would might come back wrong because all those damn songs sound the same to me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, kids, find some better music. Oh. All right? There's, also, get off his lawn. Yes. Get off my lawn while I listen to, you know, music that they made in the good old days, like the late 1970s in London, um, like the Sex Pistols. So... Not that, not that modern stuff that's just junk. Right. <laughs> Send an email to... At any rate, there's, there are pa- there are actually papers online that go into very great detail about the algorithms that the that Shazam uses to identify to match up songs and and to send the data back to you. Yeah, they they go into a, quite a bit of depth. And uh, as our uh, actually as our sister podcast pointed out, as uh, uh, John and Mark talked about, uh, they use a three dimensional graph to do this. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's called a. Uh, uh, well, you can call it a couple different things, a time frequency graph or a spectrogram. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, spectrogram. Oh. And, uh, 
basically it's a it's three dimensional in that it goes it shows you over time how the you know the peaks and and valleys of the song frequencies change um and that's kind of interesting that uh that it can that it's able to do that in the first place but uh that's how it's you know that's how it's looking at it and that's having the the element of time in there is crucial because otherwise um you know it wouldn't be able to uh to look at that yeah the the cool thing about this service is that you can hold your phone up to any point of the song and it, and as long as you're able to get about 15 seconds worth of of uh of content mm-hmm. then that's enough for Shazam to work with to find a match. So it doesn't have to be the beginning of the song. It doesn't have to be the end. It could be at any point. And as long as it is able to map out those troughs and valleys uh, accurately, uh, then you should be able to get a pretty good result. The, there are some things that can cause some problems besides the fact that some songs do sound alike. I, I mean, that, I was kind of making a joke there, but that could happen if you had – if you were holding up a phone to a part where there was it was sampling another song and it was long enough, you could conceivably get the wrong result. But also if there's uh, ambient sound uh, that's interfering in the area, you may not be able to get a result because you know it, it can't identify the song because it's getting all these other sound inputs that are mixing it up. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things they sort of advertise with Shazam is that you could take your phone uh, around – the mall, for example, or, mm. you know, on the radio in your car, um, and hold it up to the, the speaker and it'll tell you what song that is. Well, I mean, if you're at the mall, you're dealing with all those people at the mall. You're dealing with perhaps conflicting songs. Yeah. Weird acoustics. You know, coming from different places, weird acoustics, there the distance from echo. you to the speaker. Yeah. I mean, there are all kinds of things that can interfere with that, not to mention your cell phone frequency, frequency, yeah. you know, cutting out. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then suddenly you're, Anyhow. Yes. So I've, uh, yeah, I, I, thankfully there was a visual cue there, <laughs> which you guys don't get to see because this is an audio podcast. But your eyebrows did go up about a foot. That was nice. I was, I was like, <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to talk now. Um, no, I, I've used this, this application several times and, uh, and I have, I've had varying degrees of success. There's a, uh, a theater I go to on a fairly regular basis, a, a stage play theater, not a, Cinema oh, theater. 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 I go to the theater, uh, <laughs> fairly regularly, actually. And, uh, they have some, they have a pretty cool mix of, of pre-show and post-show music that they play on the sound system. Mm-hmm. And, um, there have been a couple times where there have been songs that I played that I just, I didn't recognize. And Shazam's pretty good at, at uh, identifying those. The hard part is being able to get, uh, a long enough section where people aren't talking loud, so loudly that it's, Interfering with the the sample, right? So mm-hmm. there have been times where I've stood up next to the speaker and held my phone up to it. But now there are problems with that too, because if the volume is too loud, then you get some distortion, and then it doesn't really work in that way either. But uh, also, there's this incredibly obscure Japanese song that they play that uh, Shazam just doesn't seem to recognize. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to break down and ask someone at the theater what the heck it is. Yeah, and then there's the uh, the other factor, you know, the part where you're standing there holding your cell phone up to a speaker and people are starting to wonder what the heck you're doing. Yeah, but I mean, if I start worrying about what people think of me now, I mean, come on, I've made point. it this far. Yeah, that's true. Why should I worry now? All so right. let's let's kind of shift over a little bit and talk about Madomi, which is a little different from Shazam. Um, yeah, there's actually a few interesting. Uh, and, and fairly major differences. One of which is that 
the database that, that Madomi uses is not, it's not collected by the company necessarily. It's user generated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, users of Madomi have sung songs or hummed songs or whistled songs into their phones and identified, you know, tagged the, the file as being a certain song. And the user community tends to, uh, comment on these, vote them up or down. Yep. Uh, Submit their funny, own actually. version. Yeah. Yeah. What are you kidding? That doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Here's my version because God Lord, the one that's in the database is terrible. And you could, <laughs> you could sing your own version and upload it to Madomi and then people could vote on which one is the, the more representative version of the song. So it's sort of the uh, wiki model. Right. You know, and the idea behind Madomi is that, you know, with Shazam, you really need the original source or you, you need, you need to be able to hold the, the phone up to something that's playing the actual song. You can't necessarily sing it yourself or even if there's a band playing it live, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be able to identify the song because it's looking for a specific pattern. And depending on the, the way you sing it or the way the band sings it or whatever, it may not match up to anything in their database, even though the song itself may be in the database mm-hmm. um, because of this fingerprint technology. Madomi is different. You know, you know, it may be able to track your the way you sing the song and find a match within its user-generated database. Right. Now, the way Madomi explains the, 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 how this works is a little um, Vague, I guess you could say. I'd say it's very vague. Okay. So in general, what happens is you submit the song in whatever format that you've chosen, whether it's whistling, singing, humming, whatever. Uh, the, the software they use converts this into a special lang- computer language they call crystal language. Um, it's actually uh, – computer language is probably the wrong term. But it's their own proprietary – Format. Format, exactly. And so then it – looks into the database and sees if there are any files that have a similar uh, similar style to what you just sang or hummed or whistled or whatever. And then it gives you a selection of songs that most likely are uh, going to fit what you sang. Uh, I say most likely because um, it's, it's... You've had some experience with this. Yes, I've actually played with Madomi. Now, I don't... Uh, as far as I know, Madomi doesn't have an Android uh, application. They may have it now, but at the time when I first heard of it, they did not have an Android application, so I don't have it on my phone. But you can use the service on the web. You can use it with a computer. So as long as your computer has a microphone, you can give it a try. And I decided to do this. <laughs> and the first couple of songs I tried, it was surprisingly very accurate. I, you know, I, I am not a good singer, as I'm sure many of you can imagine. Uh, my singing ability is is very poor. Um, I can do character voices for certain musicals and that's it. Uh, but I decided to give it a shot and the first couple of songs I tried came out pretty accurate. I think the first one I did was, uh, uh, sedated by the Ramones and oh, yes. want to be sedated and it came, came back right away. But, uh, the more I tried, the more I was encountering, um, anomalies. <laughs> Or maybe maybe the correct one was the anomaly for me. But I was having issues where I would sing something and uh, I would get a result that was totally not what I was singing. The most egregious of these would be Blue Oyster Cult's classic hit, Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, my version, apparently, to Madomi sounds an awful lot like the girl from Ipanema. There wasn't nearly enough cowbell. No, 
I, I clearly was uh, lacking the cowbell and therefore Madomi was unable to understand what it was. But, uh, so, but if I had, think of it this way, if I had recorded Don't Fear the Reaper and submitted it to Madomi and then tried to do it again, it would have, uh, identified my version of Don't Fear the Reaper as being correct. There you go. So, so that, that's not, you know, difficult at all. Yeah, just because to the, record all your own songs. Right. So that you can go in and go, oh, what's the name of that song that I always? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that, that would more, it would mostly be to impress or distress your friends. Cause you could sing a song that sounds nothing like the original, but it would come back and know what it was you were singing because you were the one who provided the template for that song. Yeah. See, that, that seems problematic for me. Well, because it seems like you could intentionally go in and sing a whole bunch of stuff and tag it and, just drive people nuts. Well, that's, that's why, you know, it's, it's user on purpose, user policed. So you have to, it's one of those services that depends heavily upon the community of users. Mm-hmm. If the community is being very, uh, uh, you know, honest and forthright, then they are going to police the different submissions and make sure that only the ones that actually and accurately represent the songs are the ones that, that make it into the database. Okay. Otherwise, uh, you know, they essentially say, well, this is someone who's just goofing around and trying to cause problems and they'll, they'll nix it. Right. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anytime there's a user, anytime there's a service that depends upon the community of users to, to keep it going, it makes me a little nervous because, you know, you never know when a group of people is just going to get a little capricious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and decide that, you know, they, that every song needs to be sung to the tune of the Yellow Rose in Texas. And why not? Yeah. So uh, as for the new information, well, I mean, I didn't know if we were oh, stuck no, with, no, uh, that, are we done with Midomi? That's pretty much the the way that those, and, and again, it's it's referring to a database. It's sending you the the results pretty quickly. Um, but uh, they they don't, Midomi doesn't share as much of its, its uh Backend operations as Shazam does. Yeah. So we can't for sure men- say that they use the same sort of setup where they, they, you know, everything's stored in memory as opposed to hard drive space or whatever. Uh, we just don't know because we aren't privy to that information. But, um, yeah, that's, that's all I have on just the basic operation. So what's this new info you've got? <clears throat> well, um, you know, in, in, in general, Shazam basically a- offers the application for free for, you know, iPhones and Nokia phones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, actually in the, as of the, I don't know, late middle part of October, 2009, when we're recording this, um, Shazam actually just got a new round of funding from Kleiner Perkins, Caulfield and buyers. They actually have their own iPhone, uh, application fund called the iFund. It's $100 million and, uh, you know, it's specifically geared toward iPhone developers. Well, Shazam got some of that money and they're, um, they're going to continue to offer their services for free for a while. Uh, well, they, they actually charge for the Blackberry version, but the iPhone and Nokia phones version. Have I don't been think free. they charge for Android or if they have, I am totally unaware of it. Yeah. Cause I have Shazam for the Android phone and, and if they're charging me for it, I need to pay better attention to my bills. Well, you need to pay attention to your bills by the end of the year in 2009 because um, there you will start to get five free song identifications a month and then $4.99 a month after that if you want unlimited usage and all the extra goodies. Huh. And they're talking about selling application or I'm sorry, selling uh, items 
uh, you know, as part of the application too, like, you know, band gear and, you know, possibly well, selling video. I'm pretty sure, you know what? I can't be certain now, but I, I could, I, I seem to recall the last time that Shazam, uh, correctly identified a song for me. It gave me a link to where I could purchase the album uh-huh. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But may, maybe I've got that mistaken now because it has been a while since I've used it and had it actually work. Because it t- turns out that most music that I really like, I already know what the song is. Yeah. It's just the really, really obscure stuff that tends to – like. I'm like, wow, that's, that's so cool. I've never heard that before. And apparently neither has Shazam. Yeah. So I haven't had much call to use it recently. Well, I don't have a Nokia phone and I don't have an iPhone or an Android or BlackBerry. Um, but I do have the iPod and I could download, uh, Shazam, but I have the first generation iPod touch. And so I could stand there all day holding up my, yeah. uh, microphoneless iPod touch up and Shazam's just going to go, uh, so anytime. You just have just a let me know. iPod. I'll be waiting. Actually, I could use a, a, a microphone that plugs in, but. You know, that costs money. Right. And then you, and have I to, don't really need it. And to you have to carry Shazam around an extra thing. piece of gear and you have to be someplace where there's Wi-Fi for you to be able to actually, indeed, you know, use that the, could be problematic. The, the, that's a lot of, uh, qualifiers for a single application. So maybe I'll invest in a smartphone eventually. Yeah. That would, um, that would be my recommendation. You know, there's a, there's this awesome new phone called the Motorola Droid. Have you heard about it? Mm, you will. I, I do think I have. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, I think these, these services are really cool ideas, uh, uh, especially for people who happen to be out and about a lot and they hear a lot of, you know, encountering a lot of new music. Um, it's, it's a really interesting way to, to, to educate yourself about stuff that you like that, you know, you, you encounter, but you don't necessarily, uh, you're not really familiar with it. Um, I mean, there are a lot of other options too. Like there are a lot of like HD radio stations, which will identify the song that you are listening to. And there's some HD radio applications where you can even get access to buying the song off of something like Amazon or iTunes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, of course, satellite radio also exactly, identifies yeah. those. Yep. And, um, you know, there are other, you know, this really isn't all that especially new, you know, Grace Note alias CDDB. You know, has been identifying songs mathematically, uh, you know, based on identification numbers. And at least, you know, it's a little bit different from the way that uh, Shazam and Midomi do. And then there's my buddy John, who seems to know every song ever recorded. So I'll be like, hey, John, what's that song that goes? And he'll be like, oh, that's such and such by the so-and-sos. And so, yeah, yeah if, you, if you don't have access to Shazam or Midomi, you should totally call my buddy John because he probably knows the song. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd, I'd bet that somewhere uh, in our brains there is a mathematical algorithm going on, too, that yeah. uh, converts those bits of information. Where you have to be able to recognize something. Well, yeah, you think about it. The brain is pretty remarkable because you can recognize a song even if someone is mangling it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't – it may not sound anything like the original song, but because we're able to recognize it, we can say, hey, that song is, is you know, such and such, like – or you can always do my favorite thing, which is, uh, hey, who sings that song? Oh, that would be the Beatles. Yeah, let them do it. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, uh, say that kids who play a musical instrument, uh, are a little better at math. You know, it's sort of, there's a, 
connection between the two. So uh, I don't know. Maybe there's uh, some know, kind I'm, of thing. I'm I'm a pretty mean hand with the slide whistle and and math, but not with the slide rule. No, not with the slide rule. Whackity schmackity do. Oh, there you go. See. Those are the kinds of lame jokes that we bring. Right. That's <laughs> that, that, what we bring to the table that you just aren't going to get from Stuff from the B-Sides. Yep. You will get some yeah. very valuable information about music from Stuff from the B-Sides. And but all you kinds won't of cool get, instruments. You stuff. won't get really horrible jokes. Yes. So. Thank them for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so, yeah, they, if you want to learn more about it, uh, I do recommend listening to that podcast. It's you know, You'll have to dig back in the archives a little bit to find it. I think it's it. from uh, February 2009. So it's been, oh, there you it's go. Been, yeah, a while. It's been quite a bit, but, um, we had shorter so, podcasts then too. Yeah, that was as a, a group. That was back when we would, we would, we uh, record five, 10 minute, podcasts. five or 10 minute podcasts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if you want to learn more about it, I would recommend listening to that podcast. And if you haven't already, uh, you should subscribe to it because it's a good show. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So they, uh, they also covered some, uh, some great classical music, um, to- topics that I had never, really explored before so i learned quite a bit from that show oh like classical like in all the way back to the 60s <sighs> yeah <laughs> the 1760s <laughs> snap all right, all right. All right. so let's uh let's let's wind this let's wind this down a little bit okay so let's take this down a notch uh let's let's end with a little listener mail this listener mail comes from my good friend ariadne she wrote to me and she said, I'm hearing your touchscreens podcast now and pssst, the HTC Hero for Sprint supports multi-touch. I've been crushing on the, this phone for a while, but can't bring myself to ditch my Palm Centro just yet. So, uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about, you know, the multi-touch and how Apple had uh, had patented the multi-touch technology. Yep. Um, well, as long as, uh, as Google and HTC are creating a multi-touch system that doesn't infringe on that patent, they're fine if they found a different way of doing it. Otherwise, they could might they may see a letter from Apple's lawyers. Not that Apple's known to be litigious or anything. Not at all. And on that happy note, let's wind up. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, remember, we have Tech Stuff Live. It's a show that's live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find that at the HowStuffWorks.com blogs. So just go to the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Look on the right side. You'll find links to the blogs there. And uh, you'll just uh, look for the one that says Watch Tech Stuff Live or some variation thereof because that's where you can see our show. And uh, we're starting to get some really good feedback on it, but we need more more viewers. So I, I know that 1 p.m. you might be working or in class. You know, just find a quiet corner that you can hide in and watch, and you'll love it. You'll love it. It's best use of uh, 22 minutes of your time right there. Yeah. Also, remember that we both contribute to the blogs at HowStuffWorks.com. We, I, you know, I, I write articles occasionally for the website, uh, thus the senior writer title. Oh, there you go. So visit HowStuffWorks.com, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?